0: So, we're continuing our Be Still series. All right, Be Still. And Be Still, let's go to the first slide, please. Um, be Still, we're gonna, you're going to notice a, a repetition here. So, Be Still and No was last week. This week is going to be still. All right, sorry, the rest isn't up there. Be still in moments of solitude. All right, Be Still in moments of solitude. And we'll go on the next few weeks, these, This be still. And we're really spending this time during our fasting as a, a church, during the start of the year uh, as a church, but also as families and individuals. This is a great time to be still, to be still, to slow it down, to really get time with God, to, to focus on what's coming down the, the pipe this year, What's you know, just really get where we need to be and to hear from God as we start out our year. New Year's are always great. It's the beginnings, and nothing's, well, hopefully gone too bad yet. Um, you're all here, so it can't be that bad. Um, so just as we start out this, uh, this new year, we want to start out by being still. So uh, Mark chapter 1, verse 32. <clears throat> 1, verse 32. That evening at sundown... and, and those who were with him searched for him, and they found him and said to him, Everyone is looking for you. And he said to them, Let us go on to the next towns, that I may preach there also, for that is why I came out. And he went throughout all Galilee, preaching in their synagogues and casting out demons. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we, God, we just thank you for today, Lord. I thank you for this message. We thank you, Lord, just for this time Uh, that we're taking, Lord, just to really focus on just slowing things down uh, before you and just slowing things down, focusing, Lord, uh, on you and just spending time with you and just really seeking your uh, guidance and your wisdom, Lord. Lord, we ask that you would just uh, speak to us today through your word. We thank you, Lord, for this uh, tremendous just blessing, Lord, that it is that we can gather together uh, as believers in Christ, Lord, and uh, just hear your message. We thank you for that today in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So here we have this picture uh, of Jesus. Uh, We want to pause for a minute. Again, as I was saying before, you know, it's good to stop and really stop and take a look at what you're reading, take a look at what's being said, and and so try to get a snapshot of this scene. Again, it said at sundown, so it's it's evening time, right? It's evening time. Here we see Jesus, and and all of a sudden here comes these sick people, these people that are pressed by demons. Um, and it says, like he said, where is it? Uh, and the whole city was gathered together at the door. It's a big door, right? Yeah. I mean, the whole city came and was gathered around this door because Jesus is doing these miracles. And so this is a very, uh, it's, a, it's a time where it's very draining. Uh, when you're truly engaged in ministry, it, 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 it drains you. There's a, a withdrawal. It's pulling on you. You're, you're giving something. Because how, how is it that we need to be filled if we're not draining, right? Yeah, so there's, that's why. There's a process. So here Jesus has done, he's, he's healing all these people. He's doing all these things, all these miracles. It is a, a spiritual withdrawal. And so now what you see is what, he, what does he do? Rising very early the, in the morning. Now again again, while it was still dark, he started in the evening. The whole city was at the door. So it's a lot of people. Can we agree on that? A lot of people, he's doing this probably most of the night, maybe lays down for an hour or something, and then it says he still rose early in the morning while it was still dark and departed to a desolate place to pray. So you see there is a tremendous amount of value. It is vital that he Get away and get his time alone with his heavenly father. Because he needs to, to recharge, if you will. He needs to spend time and, and just spend time in the presence of, of his heavenly father, of God the father. And so he we see him pull away. And again, as with most people, or now today it would be our phone ringing, wouldn't it? Here comes uh, Simon. Hey, hey, what are you doing? Why are you here? Everybody's looking for you. So he's he's interrupted even in his moment, but he 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 you see the importance of him getting away, and then he responds to him by let's let's move on. So and and I'm gonna dig into this a little bit more in a, in a moment. But first, what I want to just share with you today is, uh, St- Pastor Steve and I have been doing this book Lead Like Jesus. Maybe some anybody heard of this before? A few. This is an incredibly good book. This is a. a Probably one of the best books on leadership. Uh, I know you've been going longer than I. This We've been doing it for over a year now, right? Or about a year. Pretty much since we started. We do this in our morning meetings. And we're still, we're about halfway now or so. But there's just a lot of good stuff. It really models. And there's also, I think, uh, lead, lead Your Home Like Jesus or something. Or Lead Your Family Like Jesus. So there's another version that they came out with. Just a very solid book. So there's a, in that book, in Lead Like Jesus, they have something that, uh, they labeled five key habits of Jesus that countered the negative forces in his life here on earth. Five key habits of Jesus that countered the negative forces in his life here on earth. How many know that we are going against negative forces here on earth? Anybody feel like that this morning? Yeah, amen, right? Yeah, it's okay. You're in the right place. It's, we, are, we, are not, we are going against something, If you don't know what I'm talking about, then we we should talk after service. But we are in this world, you feel it, especially as a Christian, you are going, you are swimming upstream. You are not naturally going to float along and be a Christian and be like, oh, this is wonderful. It's just right on to heaven and glory, right? It's work. It takes a lot of work, and it's hard. We are going upstream. And so Jesus, as we're going to see here, there are these, these five habits that he did to counter what was coming against him in his life here on earth. Number one is solitude solitude that's what we're going to focus on today um, so I'm not going to spend a lot of time here we're going to come back to that. number one was solitude. number two prayer prayer all right uh, again, we're in this time of, of fasting as a church right now this week especially just let me just pause for a moment to say please participate in this this is important as a church as a body of Christ here as believers participate together corporately. Let's do this together. It brings us closer to God and closer to each other and just to really get off to a good start this, this year. So as we fast, of course, fasting in of itself, if you go to a doctor to have a surgery, you can fast, right? So fasting in itself isn't some woo, you're great. People do that all the time to go get a surgery. Fasting and praying is what we're going for. Yeah? Okay, I've fasted before without praying, seriously. I fasted before, and just, wow, God must be really honored, you know? No, it's the prayer that's coupled with that and doing something that changes you, okay? So, sorry if I burst anybody's bubble on that. Prayer, okay, just a real quick acronym is, is ACTS, like ACTS in the Bible. ACTS. ACTS. A-C-T-S. First, this is kind of help you in case you need some help. Uh, in prayer, first, adoration, Right? It's not super hard. It's all in the Bible. Or just go outside and look at creation. We adore God, our Heavenly Father. We, we praise Him for who He is and what He's done. And you just go on and on. Open up a psalm, right? Open up a psalm and start reading through. And just, God, you know, we worship you for the, the creation that's around us, for creating us, for how awesome you are and how magnificent. Because what are you doing with that? You're removing focus from yourself and putting it onto God. Right? You're putting your focus from yourself to God. When you're having problems, when you're struggling, you're... Sorry, I know, Steve, you're, you're preaching on prayer next week, aren't you? Okay, all right, all right, sorry. I'm not going to steal your thunder. Okay. <laughs> but you, you, fo- you remove your focus from yourself to God, and that's, that's what this process does. So the A is adoration. As you're doing that, adoration, next comes C, which is confession. Confession. God's presence is like a magnifying glass on our sin. When you start seeing God or you start putting your eyes on God, so to speak, or you focus on him, your sin becomes very clear, doesn't it? When we're looking at ourselves or looking at each other, it's like, well, I'm better than that person, or, hey, I'm doing pretty well today, so I'm, I'm doing good. But when you start focusing on God and you start worshiping him, you start to realize how small you are, but also the, how big your sin is. Yeah, I know it's, it's like shining a big spotlight in those dark areas, but it's great because we have as Christians, as followers of Christ, we can do something with that, right? We can do something about it. Oh, there's sin there. Jesus, forgive me. Okay. Right? I mean, it was way more heavy, heavy weighted, the, the, the act of dying on the cross, the penalty that was paid, but it's just that simple as Lord, forgive me for my sin, Okay, I forgive you, all right? So adoration, confession, T is thanksgiving. What is a natural response when you're forgiven of a sin that would condemn you to eternal damnation and hell and death? Thank you. (laughs) You don't gotta script that at all. You don't got a cue card for it. Thank you, Lord, for saving me. Thank you, Lord, for forgiving me of my sins. Thank you, God, for your goodness and mercy in my life. Thank you, Lord, for another day here on this earth. Thank you for the breath of my lungs. Thank you for my children. Thank you. I mean, you could go on. It's easy to thank God. Thank, was it Zoe? You're writing, you're writing every day you're doing something you're thankful for? She's doing a jar, and every day she writes something that she's thankful for and puts it in. So at the end of the year, she can go back and look at all the ways God has done blessed her in, in this year or been a blessing to her. It's a great idea. Be thankful. T, uh, S is supplication. Okay? Supplication is pretty much what we're all going for. That's just a fancy word for I want or I need. Okay? We're, it's getting to the part, and that's, but we, a lot of us lead with that, don't we? Jesus, I need a million dollars. I don't care what you're trying to say. I just need a million dollars. Thank you. Amen. All right. That's where we start. You know, there's a process. It's, it's preparing because then, then we know what to ask for. Then things become much more clear after we go through all these other steps. So, uh, A-C-T-S, adoration, confession, thanksgiving, supplication, and I would add an L, my personal, so it's Axel now. (laughs) That's what I do. Um, L, and L is listen. After you ask, spend some time and listen. Let God answer. There's an idea. Don't ask rhetorical questions. Let God answer you, okay? Let God answer you, and that takes time. So... Going back to the kind of the five habits is solitude prayer. Uh, Number three is study and application of scripture is what we see Jesus doing. All right. The Old Testament scrolls. Jesus in the wilderness. What did he respond? Every time Satan tempted him, what did he say? It is written. Do you think Jesus, again, pulled out the scroll out of his back pocket? He didn't have an iPhone. No, he said it is written because he knew it here and here. He had it in him. So he was able to respond and to uh, the negative forces on earth by scripture. And I like how they said it. It's study and application. Okay? It should bother you just a little bit. A lot of times we spend lots of time in the word. There's people that just just eat. I know these, some of these people, they, you know, you just get all this stuff from them, but then you look at their life and, like, what are you doing with this? Are you going and sharing the gospel? Are you doing anything with what God's giving you? These are great truths. Why aren't you doing something? Study and application. All right? Number four, accepting and responding to God's unconditional love. Romans 8, 38, 39. Most people probably know it. For I am persuaded that not even death or life, angels or rulers, things present or things to come, hostile powers, height or depth, or any other created thing, all have the power to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. You are loved today. Does anybody remember my cat and dog theology? Yeah? We are not cats. We are not loved because we're so awesome. We are dogs because we're loved because God is so awesome. If you don't understand that, I'll explain it later. Okay? But that's how we are. Because God is awesome, he loves us, not because we are so lovable. So, again, you accept and respond to God's unconditional love. It's that simple. Accept it. God loves you. And look at a, a, a relationship with an earthly father and his son or daughter. That kind of love, you know? Yeah, there's times of discipline, things like that, but it's always done in love. It's love. And the fifth thing he did involvement in supportive relationships. Uh, this is where people get into trouble is there's people that isolate themselves. There's people that even, or I'll say even small groups that would isolate themselves. And that's where you come up with a crazy sort of, you know, I don't know, Jesus is Santa Claus or something. It, it's like there's these crazy notions, like who, where would you come up with that? Well, because you've been in this small little bubble over here. We need relationships. Especially here, because if you don't take a chance and choose to engage in somebody that's maybe different than you, but they're a believer in Christ, you need that. all right. With Jesus, we saw he had tons of disciples, didn't he? And then what did he do? He pulled 12 apostles from that larger group of disciples. And then you have what he would uh, uh, call the, the Peter, James, and John, the three, right? You always see there's the disciples or the apostles, and then you see... The three, Peter, James, and John. And so he had these uh, three men in his life that were very close to him that he could talk to, you know, and be, be in relationship with. We need to be in relationship. And it's actually here, you know, you, there's some really good relationships, and it's, it's really neat here. i was I've talked to a few people about it, because overseas, you've got to get past your comforts. You've gotta kinda squint a little bit when you befriend somebody because you gotta look past the imperfections. And what's amazing though is you find truly remarkable relationships. Person after person, account after account, people that leave here go home and they say, we can't find the kind of relationships we had in Kuwait. It's because this, look around you, look at the person next to you, that's all you got. You're stuck with us. We're stuck with each other, you know? And so you're like, okay, yeah, your hair irritates me, or I don't like your shoes, or why do you pick your nose all the time when we're eating? You know, I can look past it, though, because you love Jesus, and I love Jesus, and hey, let's be friends, right? So that's what we're, we're doing here, and this is what this is about. This group is a wonderful group of, of relationally connected people. What I love about that video, it showed a, a little bit of kind of a snapshot. I mean, it's just this mix, just like what's in here today, this mix of people... There's uh, nationalities that outside in the world would have nothing to do with each other. But because of Jesus, we do. We love each other. We respect each other. We care for each other. Doesn't matter what your income is. Doesn't matter the color of your skin. Doesn't matter where you're from or where you're going, what you drive, where you live. We love you. We love each other because we love Jesus. Right? And we're supposed to be an example to the world. Five habits that Jesus did. Now to my message. That was just the intro. So we're talking today about solitude. And solitude is such a, it's a foreign thing, isn't it? Especially in our day and age. I mean, to find solitude, does anybody, did any, has anybody ever stumbled into solitude? I mean, unless you've been arrested and put in like solitary confinement, that's somebody would help you get there, I guess. But don't raise your hand. Um, Solitude—it's—it's it's something that's. It really—I mean—as I was preparing, like I had to stop and just really think about it for a minute, because you can just kind of glance over it, because it's very—it's—it's it's hard to obtain here. Solitude. One thing is not is loneliness. Okay, and that's something I don't. I want to make sure we understand up front. Solitude is not loneliness. You can be in a room full of people but still be lonely, right? You can be in a room full of people and still be lonely. You can't be in a room full of people and experience solitude. Maybe if you put headphones and one of those VR things on your face and stuff, maybe you could. But if you're in a room full of people, there's just distractions, people are are talking to you, you can't experience this this moment of peace. Again, as I said, you can be have all these people around you, but you can still experience loneliness. And that's not what I'm talking about. But the problem is, like, you look at Facebook, right? I've got 5,000 friends. Here, call one of them and tell them you're in the hospital and you need somebody to come sit with you for a week. See how many show up, all right? And this is, where, this is where society is moving. You know, we go out to eat, and we have our cell phones, and you know. I mean, you're sitting there on your cell phone while you're sitting across from somebody, and instead of investing in that relationship of the person that's there, you're on, you're on your phone with people that could really probably care less about you. <laughs> right? If you didn't know that, I'm sorry, but most people on Facebook, and you find out really fast when trouble hits, don't you? You find that out in life. Even people that call you friends, even people that you have a relationship with, oh, you all sit around, oh, ho, 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 yes, Muffy, Buffy, they ever pass me a cheese stick and drinking wine and whatever. You know, it's all good and dandy until things go south, and then it's like cricket, cricket, cricket. It's like anybody here? No, they're gone. Okay, relationships are are important and, and very important, and loneliness is very evident and very uh, it's prevalent in our world today because Facebook. Everybody thinks that they have these connections, but they're they're not. They're living in loneliness. So that's loneliness is, is something completely different and is not what we're going after. What we're going after today is, is solitude. I like what Charles Spurgeon has to say, and he said, There are times when solitude is better than society, okay, and silence is wiser than speech. We should be better Christians if we were more alone, waiting upon God and gathering through meditation on his word spiritual strength. For labor in his service. I'm going to say this uh, because it really was impressed upon me as I was preparing. I think a lot, of, a lot of times as Christians, myself included even, I'll just put myself in there, of course. Um, the reason we don't hunger for solitude and for meditation on the word is because we are not laboring for God. God. It's like if you just sit in a chair all day long and you don't do anything and then you go to lay down at nighttime, it's usually toss and turn and everything. Why? Because you've not expended anything. You've not exerted any energy. You've not done anything. And so when you go to rest and to recharge, you almost don't need it. So, I mean, a lot of, again, young people in our society, you know, the gamers, you know, stay up all night. They, they get running like two, three hours of sleep a day maybe. What are they doing? This right here, as long as their thumbs are working and their eyeballs blink every, once every five minutes, it's okay. Because they're not, they're not doing anything. They're not exerting. They're not giving any effort. And it really hit me between the eyes, like, you know, gathering through meditation on his words, spiritual strength for labor in his service. If we are not laboring, we have no need for his strength. We're doing it on our own, or we're doing our own thing, all right? What are we doing to labor for the kingdom of God today? And that's a question between you and God. What are you doing to labor for the kingdom of God? I'm, I'm, I'm thrilled, you guys, you know, those of you that work and you have jobs and families, and I understand it all. But what are you doing to labor to further the kingdom of God to experience solitude, you have to plan for it. To experience solitude, you have to plan for it. You are not going to stumble into solitude. You're just not. It doesn't happen. I mean, you can even live by yourself, but you know there may be people upstairs running around. There's, you know, uh, somebody coming by to see you. You have to. I mean, and you have to carve out these moments of solitude to get alone with God. And then in that time, you can slow your mind down, slow things down, and just really focus on God and give Him time. You have to plan for it. Again, our, our solitude is not the world's solitude. Okay? Um, when I was preparing, again, this message, I was, I was online going through things, and it was really hard to kind of find the, kind of give me the biblical. Solitude. You know, I found out I don't end up on some websites. I couldn't figure out who it was written by. And I'm reading down, and they were coming up with all kinds of crazy things. So the world seeks out solitude as well, don't they? You know, and then they get into whatever it's meditation and all these other things. You know, it's that in of itself isn't isn't an end. Solitude is to quiet things down to get to a place of peace. And what does the world do? You know, this is the it just draws the line, makes it black and white, very easy to see. In the world's version, what do you focus on? I need to focus on my inner self. I need to center myself. Is that like completely opposite of what God calls us to do? Where's our focus supposed to be? On Him. You know why? That's why the world is so comfortable, is because when I focus on myself and I'm, wow, I'm not that bad of a person things are okay, all is well here, you know, but then on their way home they get in a car accident and they're in a a hospital room and then what? You can focus on yourself all day long, but that's not going to change anything. You can focus on yourself all day long and that's not going to change where you're going to spend eternity. You start thinking about things that's beyond your control, don't you? And so this is what the world does, and this is the sad part, is that's, that's where they stop. They can't go any further. I hope I've been good enough. I, maybe I've done enough good things. It's not about us. It's about God. And when we get in the good presence of God, when we get in times of quiet with God, and we spend time seeking him, that's when we see our sin. And then we confess it. He forgives it. And then he fills us. He gives us strength, and he, he'll speak to you. And then you have uh, the, the, the tools, if you will, to go and do something for the kingdom of God. Goes, go and share the gospel. Go and speak to that person that maybe you've been afraid of. So that's what solitude is. So what are some times we should especially seek solitude in? Sometimes in life, there are certain times... You know, it's good anytime you can do it, but there are certain things that come up in life that it's a good idea to pause and to really make some time to find solitude. Number one, when making an important decision, when making an important decision, if you have your Bibles, turn your Bibles to Luke chapter 6. Luke chapter 6 and verses 12 to 13, it says, In these days he went out to the mountain to pray. Uh, And all night he continued in prayer to God. And when day came, he called... This is Jesus, sorry, that they're speaking of. And when day came, he called his disciples and chose from 12 whom he named apostles. So Jesus had an important decision to decide, out of all the disciples, who he was going to name as apostles to follow him, to fully invest in, in their lives and to train and to teach and to bring up and to do life together with. And so just before this decision, we have this moment where Jesus, once again, goes out to a mountain, and all night he continued in prayer. He didn't sleep there. He continues in prayer all night long because he knows he has a decision to make and he wants to make the right decision. So there's times when we know decisions come, and, and again, sometimes it's, we get that, you know, the angels sing, shaft of light handles Messiah, everything happens, and, and God gives you, he speaks you an answer but then other times, you know, we spend time in solitude. We, we know we're in a right place with God, a good place with God. And it may not be clear, but then we just trust God that he will show us as we go. Sometimes God is waiting for you to step, and then he will continue to show you what's next, what's next, what's next. And so after you've done everything you can do, after you've done all that you can, then you just have to be still and you just have to trust God. And like, God, I need to make this decision. Please help me to make a good decision here. And he will, he will help you with that. He'll show you. And, and one other thing, too, if God is big enough, if you make a wrong decision, how many amens can I get to that, right? <laughs> I probably should put both hands up and a foot. God will, he's big enough. You know, we want to make the right decisions, and he's teaching us to be obedient and to make good decisions. But if we make wrong decisions, God is with us, and he, he's working us back around, if you will. He doesn't give up on us because he loves us. So important decisions. Number two, when receiving bad news, when receiving bad news, Matthew chapter 14, if you want to turn there, you're welcome to. Matthew 14, 13. Matthew 14, 13. It says, now when Jesus heard this, okay, this he just found out that John the Baptist was killed. Uh, news had just gotten to him that John the Baptist had been beheaded. It says, now when he, Jesus heard this, he withdrew from there in a boat to a desolate place by himself. But when the crowds heard it, they followed him on foot from the towns. So, again, you receive bad news. You're at a When you receive bad news and you know a loved one dies or things like that, I mean, naturally, some of us typically want to be alone. We withdraw kind of, don't we? But this is a really critical time to get with God. And I'll tell you why. Um, there's, there's a, like a, how do I say this? It's almost like a, like a vulnerability uh, spiritually during those times because you're really, you're kind of crushed and you're sort of like laid out just open. And if you're not careful who you're around and, you know, make sure you stay in the right place, uh, spiritually, it can really derail you, right? I mean, look at people that lose a spouse, and then next, you know, the next thing you know, they're in depression for five years, or, you know what I mean? They, they, how the brain process? It's, it's vital for you when you get bad news, also so you just don't say something foolish or out of pain, you know? Um, just, it, it's, it's just wise to find time to get solitude with God, quiet your soul, quiet yourself here, and then let God speak to you. Let God minister to you. Okay? And that's what he'll do. You find that moment of solitude, let God minister to you. Read the word of God in those times. And, and before you really go out and let the kind of public world see you, um, you just need to sort of recover a little bit. Number three, a time when we should especially seek tol- solitude, is when dealing with praise and recognition. It's one probably you didn't expect to see. But um, this, is, this is right following uh, the, the feeding of the 5,000. And he, Jesus, lets the disciples go. And then um, it's the same chapter, Matthew 14, verse uh, 23. It says, and after he had dismissed the crowds, he went up on the mountain by himself to pray. Okay? Jesus had done, just done probably one of the most public miracles he did in his time here on earth. I mean, and it was just 5,000 men plus their families. So it was a huge crowd of people saw this basket, just fish and bread, fish and bread, all day long. You know, that's a lot of people from that small of a portion. So it was this huge miracle. So there was a lot of attention coming to himself, right? And so what did he do? He withdrew, and he goes, and he seeks God. Why? You know, because it brings you back. It brings you back to where you need to be. It gets attention, as we just talked about when we started. What does it do? It, it turns attention from yourself, Back to God, All right? So when we have success, it's a good idea, even though you're feeling good. Pull back, spend some time with God, and keep it, keep it humble. Or come see your pastor, and I'll help you. That was a joke. Okay, thank you. In um, the fourth one, uh, following spiritual conflict, and we kind of touched on this already, uh, when you, again, are engaged with maybe you're speaking to a, a, a non-believer, maybe you're, you're uh, speaking to a family member that isn't a Christian, and, and it's just this huge withdrawal, you know, and it is. We, we, the Bible says we wrestle not against flesh and blood, right? We wrestle against principalities, spiritual powers, all that stuff, spirits and all that stuff. There's a spiritual battle happening, okay? Okay. So while we see this and we have to deal with this and we're engaged because we live in a physical body, there is a spiritual battle that's happening. And so again, when, when, you, when you come into conflict with someone else, understand that it's more in the spirit probably than in the flesh. And so during the, after that time, you really need to pull back and you need to find time to, to recharge and to get yourself back where you need to be. Going back to our original text, we see, again, these times to especially seek solitude. Once again, if you notice, Jesus uh, in Mark 1, verse 35, says, In rising very early in the morning, while it was still dark, he departed and went out to a desolate place, and there he prayed. And Simon and those who were with him searched for him, and they found him and said to him, Everyone is looking for you. Okay, so again, Jesus had just done all these miracles. Remember, the whole city was at the door, crowded in, spent all night doing miracles. So obviously, everybody's running and telling their neighbors, probably going to other towns, hey, Jesus is here doing these miracles. I mean, this is like a, you know, modern-day revival service, you know, televangelist dream of all the crowds are there. And what does Jesus do? Let's go. Right? Were there people that came that needed his needed to be healed? Were there people that there that just needed a touch from Jesus? I mean, things were kicking. You know, cue the worship band. Let's go! Right? We're all we're already here. And what does Jesus say? Let us go on to the next town that I may preach there also. And I like that last little sentence there. For that is why I came out. That is why he came. That is why he wanted. He he did not come to do miracles now hear me on this don't freak out all right this isn't sacrilegious he didn't come just to do miracles miracles were only to reveal who he was you understand that he came to save you and I he came to die on the cross he came because he loves us so much to restore relationship between us and our heavenly father a God that is just and there needs to be payment for sin that's why Jesus came God has healed you. If Jesus, I mean, if you have prayed and God's healed you, God bless you. But it doesn't end there. It is not just for you. It is to bring glory to His name. It is to bring glory to everybody else but you. Okay, it's not. To, it's not about you. He's merely choosing to, to do that one because He loves you, but more so He loves so many other people that He wants to reveal who He is through that miracle. Jesus didn't. He loved those people, and he had, you see all throughout the New Testament, he had compassion on people. But in this moment, why? Because he knew, because he withdrew, he prayed, he knew, he heard from the Father, he knew what he was here to do, and so he says, let us go on to the next town, that I may preach there also, for that is why I came out. That is, that is making a decision based not on his popularity, because, I mean, it would have been easy any, any I would have, I'll just say me, I'm not gonna include you. I would have gone back. Why? Because I'm a superstar. Hey, hey, you know, welcome back in town. Pew, you know. <laughs> I mean, Jesus is healing people, it's happening. Who wouldn't do that? So my point is, is there are things in life, and when we're in life and we're making decisions, and there's times when things are going good, but there's times when things are going really good that God's gonna tell you that you need to move. It's time to go. I have, a, I have a purpose and a plan. I have a reason. I need you to go do this. I need you to make that decision that doesn't make sense. Amen? Honey? We're, I mean, we're here. Again, I, we refer to this because it's an ongoing display and illustration is, is our life. We're in Kuwait, but it, it's, we've had hard times, but we're here. It would be way easier to leave. We're here because we know God told us to be here. We made a decision against the grain, and we chose to be here because we know that God has told us and put us here for this time and this, this season. So don't just make decisions based on the, the flow of everything and where everything's headed. You need to stop and pause and say, God, what do you want me to do? As crazy as it sounds, as crazy as it sounds, and if it's really crazy, talk to somebody solid. Talk to talk to a pastor. Talk to somebody. I'll just say, you know, I think God's really putting this on my heart to to do this, and it's kind of against, you know, what makes sense, but I, I really believe. I really believe. It's an amazing example of just turning and walking away, and you saw that it, it, the fame and it meant nothing to Jesus. People meant everything. And, and, and ultimately, his sights were on the cross. And that he couldn't stop, he had to keep moving because he knew that his time was limited. The, the clock was ticking and, and he was headed for the cross. So to wrap things up here, what are some ways that we can find moments of solitude in our busy lives? I got in my notes here. I was going to have my phone ring here and pick it up, because that's really our phones, man. Whew. They're just—they're awesome, right? I mean, you can go and you can set up houses now. I can turn on your, my coffee maker, open the garage, or turn on the lights, the air conditioning, the fire, whatever. You know, start the car, right? Order groceries, order Talibot, whatever. I mean, you can do anything you want on your phone, can't you? It's great. However, it just—it's got like this privilege to just bust into your life whenever you want or not, not whenever you want, whenever it wants or whenever else somebody else wants to bust into your life. I mean how many times again my brother, oh I love him so much if he ever listens to this recording, I love you, but uh, he cannot get this time difference down, right? So like one o'clock in the morning, my phone, it's by my bed. I'm, I'm trying to put it somewhere else. I'm getting to that point, but it's by, it starts ringing like at one o'clock in the morning. I'm like, what? And I knew it wasn't about, I knew nobody died or nothing like that. So it's just, it's, we have these devices that just crowd our world. You know, to find a moment of solitude, it does not happen by chance, like I said. So your phone is one of your biggest allies and enemies or whatever. Even, you know, I sit down and I do my you know devotional or read my scripture on my phone. What's, what is that, right? We all know, you're all smiling, aren't, aren't you? You're sitting there, oh, you know, just having a really great time. Bing. Bing, 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 bing. Some of you guys can talk, I'm telling you. Especially the groups, and they all start getting on these posts, and, you know, Molly wants to have cherry pie, Uh, are you bringing this, or whatever. Everybody's things become a certain, uh, sudden urgency to us, right? In the middle, and where does your mind go? I know, you all just swipe it away and keep rolling on with your scripture, I understand. Um, But for the rest of us, you know, your, your mind is constantly going back to that, so... This is why, you know, I would encourage you, brush the dust off of one of these if you have it, and when you sit down to spend time with God, just use that. Put your phone away somewhere. Go yeah, go old school. Uh, it's, called a, it's called the Bible. It's a book. Um, <laughs> so, uh, but yeah, you know, make some time. Will everybody agree with, with me on that, please? Raise your hand. I'm not going to go on until you do. Okay. So commit to that. Make sure you just, even if it's once a week, get time where you just put your phone aside and just start spending time with God without interruption. Um, and, and like Steve has mentioned before, just turn your phone off sometimes. All right, what was it last, this Monday, this past Monday, right? Everybody, somebody tried to get a hold of Steve. Hey, do you know where Pastor Steve is? I tried to get a hold of him. He's not answering. And I'm like, I don't know, you know, I'm doing my thing. Uh, come to find out, Steve told me later, you know, he just shut his phone off for his day off. He just shut the phone off so he could just kind of rest. It's great, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. Like, <laughs> so he calls me. That's the only problem. So, <laughs> so uh, that's fine. Um, so, yeah, turn your phone off. Uh, the other one, another one learn to get up early. I know, Leanna, <laughs> sorry. That's probably against scripture somewhere for Leanna. Uh, <laughs> Get up early. It's, it is. It's It's painful. I understand uh, some people. And you, a lot of you get up early to go to work. The ideal thing is to wake early. That's Again, you saw Jesus stayed up late. Still, it was important to get up early because it's just that quiet. Things aren't really going yet. People aren't awake yet, so they're not bothering you. Try to get up early. Try to spend that time in the morning. Um, I used to, one thing, because I would, I like, Ping about like, what traffic's gonna be like. So I'd wake up early, I would drive to work, and then I would just sit in my car, because then I could just relax. I knew I just had to get out the door and walk inside, and no traffic. So that's how I did it. Uh, just try to find some time in my car alone. Um, but whatever works for you, just but try. Get up early, and try every couple days. Try once a week if you're not doing it yet. Just, just start somewhere. Do something. Um, and the fourth one, um, headphones. Uh, even if you aren 't listening to anything and i 'm laughing because when I was in Korea in the military, I had a, had an interesting roommate because you don 't have any choice over your roommates. so I show up and I walk into this into my barracks room and it smelled like, like I just took a big pile of like dirty socks and just put them in my face and and I could almost taste the smell. It was so strong and so he, he didn 't think he should bathe every day um, which is gross because we're in a room probably about like this big, this corner here, and we have to live together. And this is a man, and he's married and with a kid. And you know, we were in Korea, so we didn't have our spouses, so we're just sort of stuck together, geographical bachelors as it were called. And um, again, an interesting guy. Um, I don't think he's ever going to listen to this. So, but he thought he thought he was an elf. I can't make it up. It's a true story. Um, I didn't really. I, he didn't have pointy ears or anything like that. I don't know. I don't know. He he did act like an elf a lot of ways, uh, but yeah. Sorry, I'm still trying to process that. Um, so he thought he was an elf, and he just was very. He was different. Um, nice guy, I guess. But he and he liked to talk. He was desperate for company, and so I'm. By default that guy and so like I mean it didn't matter what I was doing you know in the shower and just hey man how's it going did it you know what's no not that bad just kidding <laughs> but but he would just talk like constantly 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 I'm like Ugh, you know it's like this is my room too I just want to sit down for a minute not talk or listen or do anything and I'm a social person and he just burned it out like in a matter of minutes um, and so so there were times I would put my headphones on I'm sorry and I wouldn't have any music in him. I would just be sitting there, and he's like, hey, Dell." da 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 And I'm just like, don't look, don't look. He'll never know. And so it took about a few days for him to get conditioned to the, when I had my headphones on, just don't talk to me. And then it was fine. So then at least when I had my headphones on, I could find a moment of peace to read my Bible. People, don't judge me. I think that's okay. But, uh, yeah, I mean, you see people all the time, but put headphones on a lot of times people won't even bother you, or you can even put uh, I have like some, like a half hour, this like kind of, yeah, Christian instrumental sort of music just in the background, or if you need like white noise kind of, that kind of blocks out some of the other sounds. So, headphones are great, but all that to say, there's probably more things, but find a moment of solitude. Solitude is critical to to, uh, our needs and our, to our walk with God, and Again, we live in this world that's just crashing in all around us all the time through technology, through just people, uh, the demands, especially here. I mean, you guys, I know many of you guys work many hours uh, at the job. And so you're just, you need to pull back at times and find a place. Um, again, I've, I've got three young children. Um, solitude is like a curse word in my house. Um, it doesn't, it's hard, you know. It's, it, I get up in the mornings and I'm trying to tiptoe out, like, because Joshua is, uh, you know, tuned in. Uh, it doesn't matter what time it is. It could be dark or anything. And so if you get up in the morning and try to walk out and the kid hears you and, hey, what you doing? And it's totally interrupted. So it's just, you know, you've got to figure out what works for you and, and try to find that. And, if, you know, that's uh, something you can pray about and, and God will help you to identify those times. So I encourage you this week, um, before you leave this place, I would encourage you, make a commitment between you and God. And, and if you do, if you are, if you're married or have a close friend, make, make a commitment to somebody else. Say, you know what, I wanna, I'm going to try to spend like you know, a couple of days this week just finding some solitude. And let somebody hold you accountable. Um, relationship is very important that way. And uh, that's what we're all about. Not to judge you, but it's just to help you stay to what you're trying to do and get to where you want to go, and, and find some times this week, spend time with God. Again, this is our week of fasting as a uh, corporately as a church, so I would, I would challenge you uh, as you fast that you, you do that, and you know, of course, couple it with prayer, but if you can also find some moments of solitude, that would be excellent, and, and write down. Right? God, will, God will speak to you. God will share things with you, and open your eyes to some things. Would you stand with me, please? Lord God, we, God, just in this moment now. In fact, Lord, we're just let just we're just going to take a moment here and, God, I just pray that you would just speak to us. God, I pray this message has has landed in good soil, Father, that it's 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 ministered to us, it's revealed maybe areas in our life that we need to, to just clean up and to do better and uh, and to give to you to clean up. Um, thank you for your presence in this place, Lord. God, we know as the moment we walk out this door we're the world is going to just come crashing in. All the to-do lists for today and all the people to see and All those things are are fine and, and okay but but god we don't want to lose sight of you god we want to make you a priority in our life today and in the days ahead how precious lord to be able to spend a moment with you that the god of this this universe the god that created everything we see and the things we can't even see, that holds the universe in his hand, chooses to have personal relationship with each of us. And that through sending your son, Jesus Christ, we were able to see truly the love that you have. Lord, I pray for each person here today. I pray for each one that's facing hard decisions, Lord, that's in difficult relationships, Father God. I pray, Lord, those that are are transitioning, Lord, in their jobs, Father, or there's uncertainty there. Whatever the case, Father, I pray that as we just give those things to you and understand, Lord, that we are just we are vessels. pray that, Lord, we're able to shine the light of Christ into those areas, into those situations, and that through our decisions, through the things we say, through the things we do, from a, an, out of a response of a time spent with you in solitude, hearing your voice, reading your word, Father God, getting it into us to the point that our words become your words, and your words become our words, and God, that's, that's how it is. They're the same. Your words are our words. Lord, we thank you go back to the, the picture of Jesus in the garden and after he said what he wants or what he's how if there's any way to take this cup but then at the end he says Lord not my will but yours be done so God when there are decisions in our lives that need to be made that aren't clear Father, I pray that you make those clear. And Lord, those that are in those places today, Father God, I pray that you would make those decisions clear. That we wouldn't make decisions based on just our mind and what the world says, God, but we would spend time with you. And that we would make a decision based on what we believe that you are telling us to do. I pray that you go with each person here today as we bring the service to a close. You go with them and God, that you keep them safe. God, that you uh, just keep them this week. Father God, you bless them. You, God, you just show your love to them. God, as we continue this time of fasting and prayer, Father God, I pray that it is uh, pleasing in your sight. God, that as our hearts are just laid out before you, laid bare before you, Lord, uh, through this time, God, that you would just reveal yourself to each of us, but also to us as a church. Thank you for Crossroad International Church, Father. God, this place in this country that is very unexpected, But God, you've birthed this. God, we thank you that it also is in your hand and that you are providing and caring for us, Lord, as only you can. And we trust you with that, Lord, today. God, I pray that each person here would be challenged this week, that you would stretch them, that you would help them to grow. God, that they would um, look in ways to reach out, that as you minister to them, that it's not just, it doesn't just stop there, but it's for a, an outward flow. So now I pray, may the Lord bless you, and may He keep you. May He make His face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. and May He lift up His countenance upon you today and give you peace. In Jesus' name, amen.